Tell us about it, and he's been keeping us across this for a good two years. He's our man on the street. SEN Tazzy's very own breakfast host is Brent Costello. Brent, thanks for joining us on Sports Day again. Nice to talk to you, Kane and Jared. As we heard the from The spirit Jared. of Tazzy before we go, uh, Kane, it's got a hell of a lot riding on this <laughs> because just imagine the amount of people that are going to jump on the spirit of Tazzy if, in fact, the devils are up and about. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, it, it, w- it will be huge, mate. We, we caught up uh, late last year and there was a lot of hype around it. I drove past where the new stadium was going to be built. I was sold, uh, Brendan. I was like, this is going to be unbelievable. The optimism in the room that we're at at the function was palpable. But now, once again, we're at a roadblock. And as Jared mentioned off the top with his editorial, unless the AFL blinks, the Tassie Devils are dead. Is that the way you see it? Yeah, a little bit. We're in the middle of a state election campaign at the moment. So obviously the Liberal government are the ones in power at the moment there. They've been the ones pushing the stadium with the Premier Jeremy Rockliffe. Uh, Rebecca White and the Labor opposition uh, are the ones trying to come into power and and they're the ones against the stadium. So uh, it all comes down to what's going to happen on on March 23rd, really. But uh, yeah, Rebecca White's message is they will renegotiate this deal with the AFL when the AFL doesn't want to renegotiate it at all. They're, They're pretty firm in the fact that they've got a deal in place with the state government that that's for a roof 23,000-seat stadium at Macquarie Point. That's the, the deal the clubs agreed on as well. So um, I'm not sure how Labor think they're going to renegotiate, but who knows what's going to happen down the track. Uh, Labor look as if they're uh, trying to wedge, get the wedge going and uh, force them into a Launceston and uh, maybe Bell Reeve option uh, once more. But uh, I don't see how that can fly. If you're Andrew Dillon, you, you can't be just... Uh, walking away from what was a fantastic deal. But uh, it would appear to me that Rocky has also scuppered this deal because $375 million was never, ever going to be the total bill for this. And yet uh, he's gone with a not one red cent more will be spent, which he's killed it off himself. Yeah, it was interesting when he came out and said that. That was pretty much the start of the election campaign. He, he, I guess he didn't want it to become a, yeah. an election problem or headache for him, so he's come out and said that. But... Uh, obviously, we've got the federal funding on top of that as well, but it's still going to be a pretty significant shortfall, you think. It's around $750 million to build the stadium with the original forecast, and we know that the times we're living now, it's going to be a hell of a lot more than that, over a uh, billion dollars, you would think. So, um, yeah, there's a lot of water to go under the bridge. The, the, the government's message was that they'd try and get some private investment involved. Obviously, that's what they're going to have to do if they're not going to spend any more. The contract actually says the government will be responsible for any cost overrides, um, the way they're getting out of that is that they'll be responsible, but they will get that private uh, investment in. So, um, yeah, so many hurdles, guys, so many questions, so many answers that we need, but uh, unfortunately we're not going to get them for another month or so yet till the election actually uh, finishes. Well, that is an interesting uh, addition that uh, I didn't know about, that they're responsible for overrides. Well, he's, he's actually saying that he's going to provide the private funding. Well, that to me sounds like a bit like the stage three tax cuts, that uh, we're going to sort this out, but uh, we'll come up with a solution when it suits us. Yeah, and for a fair bit of money they're going to have to find as well, isn't it? So, um, as I said, we, we just want some answers, I guess. Uh, there's another a proposal being floating around as well, which is Stadium 2.0. Dean Coleman has been in charge of that. I think you've spoke to him, Kane, uh, on Brecky before. But, um, yeah, he, his proposal got a lot of support down here, but the government's poured cold water on that. They want to stick with their plan from Macquarie Point. The, the one that uh, Dean Coleman was pitching was just a little up the road at Regatta Point, um, but, but they're pretty fixed on, on Macquarie Point, the state government, and that's what is in the contract with the AFL.
Mm. So, I mean, there's trouble either, more trouble it sounds like if Labor win, but there's a little bit of trouble if Liberal win. Uh, who is going to win, Brent? What, what are the polls suggesting? Uh, if, if I was a betting man, I'd say the, the Liberals will be, be in with a, a hung parliament, you'd think. So they might need some support from the independents to, to get the majority, I guess. And uh, we've got uh, a lot of independents. The, the House of Assembly is actually going from 25 to 35 seats. So we'll see some members of the Jackie Lambie party come in as well, potentially. So there's going to be some wheeling and dealing that's going to have to go on um, once March 23 is done and dusted. So, um, But I, I think there is a fair bit of support for the stadium here. The Liberals might be surprised just how many votes they get. That's the feeling I get out on the street. Um, depends who you talk to. Obviously, as I've said to you guys before, I obviously move in sporting circles. So mm. there is a lot of support for the stadium. But um, yeah, it depends who you ask who's, who's actually in front at the moment, I would have thought. So do you think it gets built? Because the numbers suggest elsewise. Yeah, that's a good question, Jared. As I've said to, to, in many interviews I've done on, on our show as well, like we've just come too far. I'm yeah. actually going to a breakfast with the board tomorrow morning for an update on how everything's going. And um, obviously Kath McCann's been in, in put, input as a, uh, an interim CEO. We've got uh, the launch obviously coming up uh, the week of the election on March 18. Next month, which will unveil the club colours and the, the jersey and um, a jumper, I should say, and all that sort of thing. So uh, it's all moving ahead. The high-performance centre location has been, been ticked off as well. So yeah, yeah. Uh, it's, it's all this stuff's happening without the, the elephant in the room being spoken about, which is the stadium. So um, it just depends how much of this stuff has been put in place as to how big a, a, a gut-wrenching thing it's going to be if they whip it away from us in the end as well. Brent Costello is with us, SEN Tassie host, with the latest on the troubles regarding the new team in Tassie forming. So you're heading to a breakfast with the board. What's the key question you want to ask them? Probably what their dealings with Labor has been like, I suppose. I'm, I'm assuming they've, they've had the year of, of Labor. And uh, just to, to find out what their message is, do they feel comfortable with where things sit if they do manage to get in into government? So... I think that's the question a lot of the, the people want, want answers to, and that's what we'll mm. try and ask tomorrow. Who will get the blame if Labor get in and it doesn't happen, and who will get the blame if Liberal gets in and it doesn't happen? <laughs> uh, well, if, if Labor get in and it doesn't happen, I guess Labor will. Um, if Liberal get in and it doesn't happen, well, if Liberal get in, it should happen. Um, that's the thing. If, if they can get back in... Um, well... Not if, not if he's saying that uh, 375, not one more red cent. I mean, what's, yeah. in, what's in it for the private enterprises unless they're guaranteeing him above, uh, I guess, the cash rate? We've seen promises broken before too, haven't we, Jared? Oh, so, only regularly, yeah. And can you, can you go back on your word if you get back in? I don't know. But, um, yeah, you're right. Uh, yeah, it's a lot of money they're going to have to find. And, and whether they can find it or not, it's really interesting. Dean Coleman, who I mentioned before, the stadium 2.0, he reckons he had investors ready to go. Yep. Um, so whether the government can find their own, we'll have to wait and see. And whether the AFL stump up some extra money after being so steadfast in their messaging. And once again, Andrew Dillon fronted the media today and he was asked about the situation in Tassie. The Tasmanian footy club, you know, now led by Grant O'Brien and Kath McCann with Jack Revolt are doing a power of work down in Tasmania. We got a big announcement in the middle of March in relation to the club nickname and the club colours. The licence that was granted by the AFL Commission back in May last year, announced on the 3rd of May, uh, was really clear, based on a really robust business case that the Tasmanian Footy Task Force had put forward. And that business case rested on 
and was really what, a key part of that business case and a key part of the um, approval given by the AFL Commission and then signed off by the 18 AFL clubs was a stadium at Macquarie Point with a roof that held at least 23,000 people. That's the agreement that we have with the Tasmanian Government and that's the agreement that the AFL Commission has and what the 18 AFL clubs have. And they've been consistent with that, Brent and Jared. I have, yeah. I haven't wavered from that at all. Uh, Andrew Dillon in front of the parliamentary inquiry last year and was really adamant that that's the way it was. And, and don't forget, guys, it took a while to get to that point, didn't it, with mm. the clubs? It took a lot of um, negotiation to get to that without trying to make it anything less. So Yeah, plenty um, of hardheads yeah. uh, that took a lot of convincing. In fact, probably I could yep. name you four that aren't convinced and uh, wouldn't be surprised yep. if it fell over. I guess the, the point of my question about uh, if Labor get in and it falls over, who will they blame? I'm wondering, will your average Taswegian, will they blame the AFL or will they blame the Labor government? I think they blame the Labor government. I mean, as as we've said before, too, we're the ones that came knocking on the door wanting to get into the competition. The yeah. AFL didn't come knocking to us. So we have to abide by some of these things that the AFL want, surely, if, if we've come to ask yeah. to join the party. So, um, yeah, that's my take on it. I mean, some people would say it's not a good deal for Tasmania, but... I've always said, look at the benefits as well. You've got to spend money to make money, don't you? So, um, seeing these, these stadiums do so well around the country and around the world, and I can just see what it could do for Hobart. So, who's um, going to be the first yeah, coach? First coach, yep. oh gee, maybe Chris Fagan. How old Chris Fagan be by the time he's oh, be 66, be 62 now. Yeah, <laughs> I think uh, yeah. he's a, he's a long shot. Uh, you could, who, who would you like if if you had to name the coach? Oh, gee, well, Alistair Clarkson spent a fair bit of time here, didn't he? So he'd, he'd slide in nicely, probably, Clark, after his time at North and might time in well. Um, mm. I, I'd like to see Brendan Bolton get another crack, to be honest, guys. I, I think he, he would have learned a lot from his time as uh, senior coach first time round. He's been in a good environment at Collingwood, yeah. obviously. He's moving into time. administration, though, so uh, we're going to knock mm. him on the head. Do they have to have a Tassie connection? Could, could Sam Sounds Mitchell? Like Sam Mitchell would be a good get after he spent... Yeah. I don't know, four or five years building the Hawks up the ladder. I don't, yeah, I don't think I don't think it necessarily needs to have a Tassie connection. It'd be nice, nice fairy tale story. But look what Scott Ross's done. He's coming with the Jack Jumpers and taking mm. us to a final series every year since we started. So yeah. it just goes to show sometimes you've got to think outside the square and get someone else. Well, what else is happening? What else is happening down there before we let you go? The, the Jack Jumpers qualified for the the NBL playoffs again. Are they a good shot? They are. They're set up beautifully, actually, Kane. I reckon we've got the ability to go all the way this year. I really do. Really? Uh, we've got no real injury concerns. We've got uh, the home 3v4 final coming up on Wednesday night. If we win that, we're into the semi-final series against the Wildcats, who probably don't trouble us. Too, well, they trouble us, but not. we don't not scared of them, if, that, if mm. I put it that way. We've had some good success over in Perth before. We mocked them off here last weekend, albeit with them without Bryce Cotton. But, uh, no, I think we're all set up beautifully without trying to jinx us. Um, we're looking pretty good. All right, mate. Well, thanks for the update. And no doubt there's a lot more to play out and you'll be all over it. You'll be our go-to as you have been. And Jared reckons we've made you, Brent. We, we, we put you on the map and now you're doing all sorts of interviews. You're a media star in your own right. And he doesn't reckon we get the thanks that we deserve. Thank you, Jared, for everything. <laughs> Good right. on you, mate. Doing a, doing a magnificent I job. I remember now. when you were just carrying uh, <laughs> Gutsy's bags. <laughs> uh, yeah, Brent Costello there. You can catch him on the SEN app, uh, SEN Tassie as well, with Tim Payne doing a very, very good job.